Welcome to Real Talk with Real Sisters. I'm Brooke. And I'm Emily. And this is a podcast where we have conversations about the real stuff. Everything from relationships, health, faith, and daily life. Today, we are talking all about our experience as baristas and working in a cafe for the long term. Get ready for some funny stories and maybe even some tips that we have for customers. All right, our question of the week goes along with the episode today. What is your current or all-time favorite coffee drink, Emily? So mine has got to be a good old dark, dark, dark roasted coffee. And sometimes I like it black and then other times I'll be in the mood and I want it with a little bit of caramel and some cream. But usually I just like drinking it black, hot or iced. Well, I feel like that's been like your favorite for so long. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's the tried and true. I don't really go with the seasonal drinks. I do love a good pumpkin spice latte if it's made right. I don't like the Starbucks pumpkin, but I do like the small coffee shop homemade syrups that they make for pumpkin spice. So I do love that in the fall season, but for the rest of the year, I'm not really a person who gets hooked on the seasonal lattes I just like my dark roasted coffee yeah I'm I'm pretty much the same but I do kind of change mine with the season so um right now because it's hot out I've just been craving every morning something iced and refreshing so I have been either making myself an iced pour over Mm. or drinking a delicious cold brew just so good yeah I never really got into the whole cold brew thing I think it it's got to be very good for me to like a cold brew. I don't know. I'm just super picky. No, I get it. I get it. But pour overs iced are really great. They are. And I don't I don't even like adding anything to it if it's a good yeah. roast. Right. Yeah, you don't need anything. Yeah, pour overs iced black are just so good. So clean. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yes. Love that V60. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about how we started becoming baristas. Yeah. So basically, Taylor started working at this one cafe when she was in college. And then almost a year later, she was promoted as a manager. And so she saved me from my frozen yogurt job and told me that I could come work with her at the coffee shop. So I then started working there. And then about a year later, was it a year Yeah, about a year later, you started working. Okay, yeah. And I honestly only started working because it was something that my older sisters were doing. It seemed really cool. But I was extremely intimidated by the job because I was so young. Yeah. I was so young. Yeah, well, see, you worked with me at the frozen yogurt shop, but you quit before I did. Mm -hmm. Did you have another job? I can't even remember if you had another job between that year of the frozen yogurt shop and the coffee shop. I couldn't tell you. I don't think I did. It might have been, um, I I might have quit because of camp, uh, the camp that I was working at. Oh, yeah. I like vaguely remember that. And I think it was. Well, I remember you quitting because you hated the job. I did hate the job. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Yeah. So we both kind of started because of Taylor being in that management role and the ability to sort of hire us because she could trust us and Mm. we were family. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah. And I think it's just hard anywhere to find people that you trust for work. So, Mm -hmm. and we both needed jobs. Yeah. So how would you say, I mean, I feel like being a barista is pretty similar to being a bartender. But describe like the job, basically. So you do everything. So you run around and you take orders. You make the orders. 
if you're in a cafe that does a lot of food, you're making the food too, you're prepping the food before lunch. You are taking inventory if you're a closer, that's of the beans on the shelf and of the food that you have in the back. And you are a janitor too. You get to clean the bathrooms, you get to clean the floors, you get to restock everything. You just, you you do everything. You're running around on your feet all day. You're answering questions, you are yeah. the help desk. You are the person that's managing the bulk bean orders. You just, you're yeah. doing everything. You're also people's therapists as well. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah. can't forget about that. <laughs> People come in with all their problems and you're basically supposed to just listen. And, and this is not a bad thing. I'm not saying that this is bad that people come in and tell us like their horror stories of the week, because honestly, I'd rather somebody real with me than say like, I'm doing good. That's about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think a lot of people complain about that and how people just are very free and they feel close to like their bartender or their barista and they mm -hmm. just feel like they're friends with them. And some people think that that's a negative thing, but I definitely think it's a positive yeah. because then you get to know the people in your community. You get to see them every day. And honestly, you just get to be that little bit of brightness in their morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I do really love about the job it's just, I'm going to be honest, it can be a little bit taxing at the end of your shift. You feel like you just expelled all this energy. I mean, it could also just be my personality, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm spent. It's also too, it's not like you're just meeting that one person for coffee and talking to them about their week or how great of a week it is or how bad of a week it is. Right. You're talking to multiple people throughout the day and their mm -hmm. problems or their week, their job, whatever it may be. It's not just that one person, it's multiple people. So yes, it's very draining at the end of a shift for sure. And I remember there are most days where I would come home after a shift and I would just be so exhausted. I wouldn't want to talk to anybody and I would get so mad if anybody tried to have a conversation with me yeah. because I just was done having mm. conversations with mm -hmm. people. Yeah, I definitely, I've experienced that for sure, but it just, it does come with the job and there are days that it's easier to handle that and there's other days days where you're not having a good day and it's harder to handle that and all the customers can tell when you're having a bad day it's true because they're regulars and they they call you out on it and it's so embarrassing and it's honestly so frustrating I know because I'm like just let me wallow in my pain yeah exactly yeah I don't want you to call me out <laughs> So anyways, the three of us started at this one coffee shop and we had this crazy dream to open up our own coffee shop that was like a coffee shop during the day and then a dessert bar with wine at night and it would be this cool hip spot that was basically, I think the hours would have been mm -hmm. insane for all of us to work because if it was serving like wine at night, I feel like we would be open till at least 11 or 12 oh my gosh. at night. So that would just be long hours. But we had this dream to open up a little cafe and we had like a name set out for it and it would be the three sisters working in this cafe. But then our older sister met this weird guy named Shem and he he decided to open up a coffee shop with Taylor. Yeah. Do you remember that phone call, Emily? The phone call? Do you remember the phone call? Did you get a phone call from them? I'm pretty sure they, because Taylor was living with me at the time, and I'm pretty sure she actually, like, either told me at home or, like, we were out. I don't remember it being a phone call, 
But we, since we were living together, she basically just like told me the plans. I was there when she was telling my dad. I remember being a little bit hurt because I thought it was going to be a three sisters thing that we were going to do together. But I was also super excited for Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, I felt the same. I was like, I was in shock when they first called me and I believe my mom was in the room as well, our mom. And they just said, we're opening a coffee shop. We're doing it. And I was just in shock for a little bit thinking, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. Oh my gosh, they're really doing it. And they're doing it the same year that they're getting married. And it's like, yeah, it was a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And before they even got married too. I know it's against the grain for sure. Which that's just so crazy. So when they started working on that cafe, I at the time was doing social media for the cafe and I was also doing my barista job. So I think at that time I was just fed up with doing the social media stuff just because it wasn't, it wasn't just social media. I was basically ordering things for the cafe. I was like an assistant manager. I didn't really have a ton of roles, but it was just mostly office stuff and not as much social media. And I really wanted to focus on social media and it just was not happening. So I decided that I didn't want to do social media and I knew that I would be working at Taylor and Shem's cafe so I just straight up put in my two weeks for both and that meant that I had a whole month off before Taylor and Shem's cafe actually opened yep and that was it was similar experience for me because I I actually didn't quit I think I was planning on quitting but before I could I got fired (laughs) I think I vaguely remember that and was just shocked but I forgot about that that's crazy So after they opened up, they had a great, I feel like they had a great first year and they've been open for four years now. I stopped working there last year, so I had been there for about three and a half years. But in total, I had been a barista for around seven years. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then I have been a barista. I actually did not do the math, so maybe I should do that quick. So I guess that means I also have been working for seven years or maybe a little bit over seven years. So that's crazy to think about that. It's been that long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with working at a cafe for over seven years, there's lots of stories that come along with it. So many. Yeah. So I just want to talk about the funny stories. (laughs) There's so many. There are. Seriously, you see everything under the sun. Yeah. And I feel like, too, in a coffee shop, you think that nobody's watching you. But maybe it's just me. But as a barista, I am always watching. I think it's my type one, too, coming out. It's like, just have to make sure that everything's going to plan and nobody's doing anything weird. But I seriously am always watching. So I see Mm -hmm. the most randomest things. And I also have experienced a lot of crazy things. And I think the one thing with a cafe, we should just get it right out there, is you meet a lot of people and a lot of guys think that you are flirting with them. Yes, that's very true. (laughs) Yeah. And I, especially at the first coffee shop that I worked at, there were not like a lot, but there were a couple guys that were kind of creepy and just like wanted to take me out, which was just so weird. So I'll just tell a couple stories. There's this one guy, 
he always would come in and when he gave me his credit card to pay he would hold my hand what (laughs) he would hold my hand so like think of a handshake but like think of giving somebody a credit card and kind of like gliding their hand like a handshake oh it was so weird taylor told me that he would come in before i started working there and so she knew him a little bit and he came in one time when i was closing and at the, the first coffee shop we worked at we used to only have one closer which is totally not safe but anyways he came in pretty close to close it was like maybe 30 minutes before close and I made his drink and everything and he was talking to me and you know normal barista talk I asked him like what he's doing tonight and he's like oh yeah like I'm going bowling with my friends like oh that's nice that's fun like I don't really like bowling but like that's fun and then he said oh you should come with us (laughs) and I was like oh like I have some school to do like I got a lot of homework he was like super awkward so it's not the type of outing that you're you get excited about I don't like bowling and so I was like yeah no I don't have time for that I do not have any space in my life for that how how old did he seem I think he was my age okay so he left the cafe and then he came back as I was closing like he had left for maybe like five or ten minutes the cafe was close at the time so I locked the door and then he came up to the door I was like sweeping or something and he was trying to put in a paper in the door and I was like what the heck is he doing so I opened the door I was like hi like can I get you something and he hands me a piece of paper and he said he said something so weird like just in case you wanted this or something like that or like you should come you should come like something like that and i was i immediately threw it out i was like this is so weird i'm so uncomfortable oh my goodness well the thing is is i've had those stories where they slip you a piece of paper and there was actually one guy where i was closing again by myself and it's most awkward when you are closing by yourself and there's only one customer in the cafe and you don't know them you haven't really talked they seem maybe a little sketchy or maybe they seem like okay but either way it still feels uncomfortable to be alone in a cafe with one other person especially if it's a guy and you're a girl so this one guy he would frequently come each close and talk to me and it made me a little suspicious it made me a little nervous oh yeah there were a couple times that I called I think I either called Shem or Taylor or texted them while I was closing because I just felt so uncomfortable that I wanted someone to know what I was doing and how things were going and I wanted to keep in contact with someone. But this guy just slipped me a napkin with his name and phone number on it. I don't think I've ever heard this story before. I know. I think I might have briefly told you, but it's just one of those stories where it's one of many. Wait, was this at... Taylor and Shem's coffee shop? Yes. Really? Yep. Like a couple summers ago. Oh my god. So we've I've had that and then oh I've had I've had a couple older men be a little bit flirtatious with me and it makes me uncomfortable because you know I'm young and now I have way more thicker skin and kind of just tell it as it is to people Mm, yeah it's also really hard with older people because I feel like you can't it's hard to tell if they're actually being weird exactly or if they're just being nice I mean they're not thinking is this barista being weird or being nice I think they're thinking is this barista being nice or does she like me yeah that kind of thing and most of the time they lean towards oh this barista likes me or she's she's someone I can flirt with 
to pass the time or something. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, I think it's funny because both Taylor and I met our husbands through the coffee shop. I know. Yeah. It's so funny. It is ironic, but... (laughs) So Taylor met her husband at the first coffee shop that she worked at. So I met my husband at Taylor and Shem's coffee shop. I kind of knew him before that because he is Shem's friend, but we had never really talked before. And so he came in to the coffee shop because he works at the school that's close to it. And he was just doing reports and we just kind of talked and, you know, that's how... That's how it, it got to the next level. So I wanted to ask you, Emily, about how you met the beloved Uncle Dan. Well, for those of you who don't know, Uncle Dan is a man, <laughs> a man close to our heart. So close. Who would go to the first coffee shop that we worked at every single morning and meet up with his Italian guy friends because they're all Italian. And he would just have coffee with his guy friends in the morning because he's older and he has his own business and they're all just like hanging out. They're the typical Italian gang that hangs out in the morning at a coffee shop and laughs and is loud and they're just the liveliness of the coffee shop. Exactly. Actually, at first, when I first started working there, I thought that him and his friends were like a mafia. (laughs) Legit, like... Such a naive young girl thinking that any Italian old man is in a mafia. I know. But the first couple days that I worked there too, I would just smile all the time. And they would sit outside in the front and there's windows all around this cafe. So you can see inside pretty clearly. And he said that he would look inside and he'd just see me like walking around with a smile on my face. And he thought it looked so funny for some reason. (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) Danny, I'm just being nice to the customers, you know? You gotta smile. <laughs> but he's he's been in our life basically for the last, well, for Taylor for the last eight years. And he's come to our weddings. He's just mm-hmm. a great guy. We love him so much. And that's why we call him our uncle. And the, I think the reason why we became so close to him was because he paid like special attention to us for some reason. I think the reason why he became such a close part of our life was because we saw him so frequently. It was every day he made it a ritual to meet up with his friends or Mm -hmm. just to come in and get a cup of coffee. And he followed us to our family coffee shop. Just because it was more of a relationship. Exactly. Like he wouldn't come in and be weird with us. Like he is an older man, but he was never weird. It was always really funny. He would crack jokes. I think because he was with all of his buddies. Yeah. It just was such a fun environment. And honestly, leaving that first cafe was so emotionally sad for me because I thought that I would lose a lot of the relationships that I had with these regular customers. And there were a couple, not not everyone. Sometimes we would see old customers, but there were a couple that actually would come in pretty frequently. And he was the one that came in every single day. And I'm so glad that he did. And he still does because he's just such... He's such a great guy. We love him so much. I know. He's part of the fam. Exactly. And that's why we call him Uncle Danny. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go over some barista pro tip, some things that we've learned over the years as baristas, just some things that could help either customers coming in that have never been in the service industry before. I feel like there's a lot of etiquette that you learn being in the service industry. 
that maybe we could shed some light on? Yeah, and I feel like if you've never worked in the service industry before, you don't really know things that could annoy someone who does work in that service industry. Exactly. So Emily, can you give us one of the customer etiquettes? I think one of the biggest things that comes up way too frequently is customers who come in five minutes before close. 10 minutes, I can understand. Mm. You still got a lot of time. But five minutes before close, and even I've had people come in like 5.59 on the dot. And And we close at six. Yeah, and most of the time people are very understanding and they'll say, I'll take whatever you have or don't worry about it if you're already closed down. But sometimes I straight up had those people who didn't care that it was five minutes to close or maybe they were just oblivious and they demanded a million things. Like I want five pastries, I want two large lattes, extra hot with all this syrup, extra shot, and then an extra, extra shot in the other one. And I'm just like, oh, this is gonna take me 10 minutes to do and we close in three minutes. So I feel like that's just a big one that's always annoyed me because I- yeah do a lot of pre-closing and like I said no big deal if you do come in at five minutes before close but it really just sets you behind for all the work that you've been doing the past hour to pre-close yeah so I think a good tip would be if you do have to come five minutes before close just understand or maybe come in with the mindset of how can I do this in a way that's the easiest for them. Right. I guess. And like I said, most people are very understanding. Right. Probably because they have worked in the service industry. Yeah. Usually when people are understanding, it's because they know. Yeah. I think on the flip side too, don't come in right at 6 a.m. and hang out at the bar. Oh my gosh. Yeah. At 6 a.m. or 6, I think our cafe opened at 6.30. Yes, it does. It does. So I remember when I was working there, people would come in right at 6.30 when we opened and they would sit at the bar and they'd want to talk to you. And it seemed like they had been up for hours and I'm like, I just rolled out of bed 45 minutes ago and I haven't talked to anybody this morning and I just want to enjoy this cup of coffee maybe actually eat my breakfast because in the cafe that my family owns there's not really a break room or like a back room where you can eat so you kind of have to go outside of the bar and eat so that it's within health code so if there's customers in the cafe it's very awkward to eat in front of them because it's very open so unless there's a second person there where you can go and sit down and eat, you really have to stand up and eat towards the back of the bar. And so I always just thought that was a little bit of a pet peeve. I just got here, I'd really love to eat breakfast. (laughs) Again, like no big deal if you come in right at 6.30 and need to grab a cup of coffee. But if you wanna talk to me at 6.30 for the next 30 minutes, I am not gonna be able to give you a very good conversation because it's 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, and bouncing off of that, just talking to people. When a barista is very clearly busy with a lot of drinks but you want to somehow catch up during that time with all the things that are going on in your life and it's totally fine that you want to do that maybe choose a more appropriate time and kind of gauge is she really busy okay this is not a good time to talk about the dog that I just got or you know my travel plans for the year yeah 
And I think it just goes along with the whole fact that this is our job too. So not only are we expected to talk to you, which we most of the time would rather talk to you than actually work, but we also have to try to make drinks for for people and make good drinks for people and food. Mm -hmm. So yeah definitely gauging how busy it is most of the time i mean baristas are the definition of a multitasker and most of the time we can talk and work at the same time but if there's a rush and there's like 10 tickets that we have to get through it's almost impossible to talk to people. Like I remember working busy, busy Saturdays and my own friends would come in and try to talk to me and I would have 10 tickets that I'm trying to get through. And it is so hard. I don't think I ever told them like, hey, like go hang out or I'll like talk to you in a bit. Usually they're pretty good about seeing that I'm busy and they'll just go sit down and wait for me to come over to them. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about working with family. Okay. So, I mean, I had a pretty good experience, although it had its bumps because... There were definitely bumps, yeah. Yeah. You just have to learn how to work with someone you're super comfortable with. Yeah. I feel like it was a lot easier to work together when we were at that first cafe. And then once we started working for our family cafe, it definitely had more struggles just because it was Taylor's cafe and we had to obey all of her rules. And even though we already were doing that at the previous cafe because she was a manager, it was just at a different level because it was hers. Yeah. And at the other, at the first cafe, we were all also usually with one other person that wasn't a family member it was pretty rare when we were all three together yeah so right there were definitely shifts where taylor and i would work together a lot and i really enjoyed that but there was rarely shifts where all three of us girls were working together yeah and even at our cafe we didn't really work together mm-hmm. a ton um And honestly, I would say we worked together less at our family cafe because just schedules and other people needing to be off. We just kind of worked around other people's schedules. Yeah. Towards the end of my job at Taylor's cafe, I was just feeling very beaten down and just ready to do something else. Because for me, being on my feet all day, having to get up at five in the morning multiple days a week was just not my jam. And I knew that it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. And the longer that I stayed there, the more it just made me depressed because I knew I needed to be doing something with my life. And not that that had anything to do with working for family. And I hope nobody ever thought that I left because I couldn't work with my family, but I just, I needed to do something that was more purposeful. And not to say that what I'm doing right now is purposeful because I really think it's a lot less meaningful and impactful, Mm -hmm. but I know God has me there for a reason. Yeah, and it's a stepping stone for the rest of right what he's got for you. Right. Yeah. And I just needed a change, you know. Sometimes you just need a different environment. Not that it's any better or worse than the job that I was in working at the cafe, but I just needed a different environment. I needed to work with people that I didn't really know, and I needed to be in an industry that was not dealing with 100 customers a day. You know what I mean? I also feel like it's good to work a job where you're trying to impress at least one person because it makes you do your job a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Who are you trying to impress? So what I'm trying to get at is that when you're working with family, usually you're not really trying to impress anybody unless I feel like sometimes maybe I was trying to impress my oldest sister who owned the shop, but I wasn't really trying to impress 
anyone when I was like working with all three of us or even with you, Emily, I feel like it was such a comfort because you were family that I wasn't really trying to impress you with how good of a job I did. I mean, I think for me, that's probably one thing that really agitated me. The type of person that I am, I am always striving to be perfect and like to work at the highest capacity possible. And so I think that really agitated me a lot when I was working with you and Taylor. And I think that really got down on me because I felt like I was doing a lot of the labor work. So it's not like it was a bad thing, but it wasn't helping the situation. So I want to talk a little bit about the benefits of being a barista. Okay. I know we've talked about a lot of the negative things, like all the weirdos that want to give us their number, but there are definitely a lot of benefits to being a barista too. One, and this is a huge thing that I miss, being able to leave work at 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m. That's a huge thing that I miss. Mm. Working 9.30 to 6, five days a week is literally hell, and I hate it. And I miss, I don't miss waking up at 5, but I miss the shifts where it was like you'd come in at 8 and you'd leave at 3 or 4. Yeah, because it, it frees up the rest of your day. Oh, yeah. That's like a perfect shift for me. Yeah, but I also feel like, Emily, you got so used to that freedom that going into a 9 to 5 typical workday was a very abrupt and hard difference to come to terms with. Yeah. And I think the most annoying thing about it too is that I've talked to my boss about changing my shift and she's totally down for it. But for some reason, she just can't change my shift. She's like, oh, I'm working on it. It shouldn't be a big deal, but she's work- she's been working on it since February. <laughs> Anyways, that's a different that's a different episode. We can have a whole episode about corporate America. Oh my gosh. <laughs> One of my favorite benefits of being a barista is the surplus of free drinks. I love it. Oh yeah, that free shift drink. I miss that free shift drink. I mean, you do get to try a lot of new things and get a lot of free drinks. So thank you, Shem. Also, remember when we first opened the coffee shop, mm-hmm. he said, oh, I think it's ridiculous that you only get one free shift drink. You guys should get as many as you want. You guys are working such long hours and working your butt off. You should be able to have as many drinks as you want. Yeah, and then he realized most of the baristas drink oat milk. (laughs) Yeah, the most expensive alternative milk. (laughs) And he also realized it wasn't good for his books to see that a lot of things were quote-unquote wasted because we were having two or three shift drinks I feel like I never really drank that much yeah it wasn't it wasn't frequently like every day two or three shift drinks but there were some days where I had an iced coffee in the morning and then on my way out I had an iced chai I brought with me yeah that kind of thing that's true so bring one home yeah exactly Mm -hmm. one for the ride home yeah I feel like after a while you just I don't know. There's only so many drinks you can drink. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the last year that I worked there, I maybe would have like eight ounces of dark roast first thing in the morning. And then maybe a tea if I either had like a sore throat or I wasn't feeling too great or just didn't want any milk, I would have like a hotter iced tea. And then that was pretty much it because Mm -hmm. at the time I didn't really love lattes. And when you're working, it's hard to drink a latte hot and I like my drinks hot like super hot they can't be lukewarm it's not enjoyable for me if it's lukewarm I'm the type of girl that microwaves her coffee in the morning 
every 20 minutes because it's not hot enough. Like I microwave my coffee probably two times if I don't finish it. If I would take any drink home after work, it would be an iced latte or like a lemonade in the summer. But if it was the winter, I don't think I really would take a drink home. I would just drink my hot coffee in the morning and that was it. And I'm the type that if it gets, if my hot coffee gets cold, I just dump it, which is so sad. Yeah, it's so wasteful. I know. But then I just go and start over. (laughs) It's so bad. You start over. That's why Shem made that rule. Well, it was mostly because it was mostly drip coffee that I would do that with. When I was working... I would never fill up the cup all the way to the top. I'd fill it maybe like a fourth way. Oh, listen, I would do halfway. I would literally fill it halfway and get maybe two sips in. A rush would come and an hour later, I go return to that drink and it is cold. And I still Mm. had maybe like six sips left. I know. So then I dump it and I think, okay, I'll fill it halfway again and I'll have a nice time drinking this. <laughs> and then it happens again. It's so, oh, it's so frustrating. I used to get those Gibraltar cups and just fill those up because those are like four ounces. Oh. I would just fill those up and just take a couple sips from the Gibraltar and then I would put it back under the bar. Wow. And then whenever I wanted hot coffee again, I just put another splash in there. That way it keeps it hot, you know? Yeah, you would just do sip by sip. Yeah. Wow. That's the way to do it, yo. Creative. Jesse Pinkman, yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John and I are watching Breaking Bad. And so we just finished the episode the other day where the wife, I can't remember her name. So the wife met Jesse and Jesse was like, oh, this is private property, yo. And she's like, well, yo. <laughs> You've been serving weed to my husband, yo. Oh my God. I think I remember her doing it as if like she thought she was cool to say that. Like she thought that that's the way to talk. She wasn't doing it like condescending, condescendingly. She was doing it like, I'm going to talk. I'm going to speak your language. I feel like it was condescendingly. Oh gosh. She was, because she was mad that he was giving her husband weed. She was like, well, yo, if you could really stop giving my husband weed, yo. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so now every time I say yo, I just think of Jesse Pinkman. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I love it. So anyways, back to the topic of being a barista. These are some of the great conversations we can have with customers about TV shows and random Mm, stuff. It's my favorite. But you also get to meet a lot of different people all day long. And it's so random, the people that you meet too. Like Brooke, didn't Mm -hmm. a actor come in from California like a couple months ago? Yeah, and I don't actually remember his name, but he, we actually had full on conversations. Yeah, I like, I'm pretty sure he was very, close to asking you out oh i doubt that but i think so he was very nice he was very nice not that i was there i saw him (laughs) i saw him one day when i came in and i texted brooke when i got my car and i was like is that the guy because you know how sometimes you just know you just get that vibe you're looking Mm -hmm. at the person at the table and you can just tell that they're either not from the area or they're just a different type of person maybe being a barista you can just pick up on those little cues but I just looked at him and I was like this guy is an actor and he is the guy that Brooke's been talking about and so sure enough she texted me she's like oh yeah that's the guy so yeah you do meet a lot of cool people like we have a coffee cart and uh Taylor and I were on set at a movie one time because they wanted coffee 
on their set. Taylor got a picture with Dylan Sprouse. Dylan was also working with Liana Liberato. I don't really know if that's how you say her name, but she was there too, and that was pretty cool. And then also, Stefania Owen came into the cafe because they were shooting another movie in our area, and she would come into the cafe because she was staying at a hotel that was really close to there. To our coffee shop. Yeah. And didn't she talk to you too? And she was like, this is the cutest little coffee shop. She did, and she was, she told me that she told her other friends and family members when she would call them she would be talking about our coffee shop which was so cute yeah but she would come and hang out for a long time and be like looking over her script I'm pretty sure and then just drinking coffee and relaxing it was really nice yeah so you meet a lot of cool people I feel like and you know maybe you could meet your future husband there like Taylor and me exactly options are endless <laughs> definitely So, Brooke, were there any more crazy stories that you wanted to add before we wrap this up? Yes. Leave us on a good note. Oh, gosh. Well, I don't, I can't promise that. (laughs) I do have a kind of crazy story to say. So, a couple weird instances happened. One of them was I had to call the cops on a customer. And this was a regular customer who would come in quite frequently and just either get a glass of our water from our tap water. He would ask for it or take some from what we had on our bar my gosh I remember this guy yeah he came in when we first opened yep and he was kind of one of those people that just walked the village and everybody knew and then there was one instance where he was in the cafe and I was taking care of a customer and he said to the customer I'm sorry but I'm talking to her right now (laughs) you can't place your order yet I'm talking to her I looked at him and I said no I'm sorry I'm not going to be talking to you I'm going to be taking care of this customer. Thank you very much. So you actually haven't paid for anything. So you really don't have a right to even be here in our establishment when you haven't bought anything from us. You've only taken our water. (laughs) So no, sir. And then I think he said, he said like a profanity, but I don't know what it, I can't remember what it was, but he said it towards the customer and towards me and that's when I called the cops because I think I did actually ask him to leave and he said I'm not leaving until Shem the owner tells me to leave oh yeah I was there for that one yeah I was trying to tell you not to call the cops I was like Brooke you're being ridiculous like he's just a crazy old man just tell him to leave the, the shop it'll be fine he'll go away eventually because eventually he would always leave you know but he's not He wasn't one of those people that seemed harmless. He actually did give me a very weird vibe of, I could possibly do some harm here. He never gave me a weird vibe. Oh, he gave me all the weird vibes. And (laughs) Brooke, you just feel things deeper. (laughs) I do, I do. So that's why, that's why at the end of the day, I called the cops was because I felt such weirdness from him. Yeah. That he was, like, going to break something or cause a lot of chaos. Did the cops actually show up? No, 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 they didn't. They didn't. Because, so here's how it happened was I I told him, I warned him, I'm going to call the cops if you don't leave. And he said, you're not going to call the cops. And I said, I'm serious. I'm going to. And so I called the cops, got on the phone with the cops, and as I'm on the phone <laughs> describing him, he walks out the door. Oh my gosh. I think I remember him in the middle of the parking lot, like on the other side, just screaming at you like, don't call the cops. Being like, are you serious? Yeah. And then as I'm describing him on the phone with the cops, the cops are telling me, 
oh, you mean such and such? And I was like, are you kidding me? You know who this guy is? Yeah, because everybody knows who this guy is. He's just like crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So even that was like telling to me that, okay, so obviously since the cops know him, he's caused trouble in other areas. So so I'm not the only one that feels uncomfortable from him. Yeah. That was one instance. And then another instance was we have some outdoor seating outside our establishment. And there was a man standing outside looking at me through the window. He just stared at me. So a customer walks in and I'm taking care of the customer, but I'm still like side glancing at this guy that's looking at me through the window and at one point I mouthed the word granted I'm taking care of the customer while I do this but I turn my head slightly from the customer look at the guy dead in the face and I mouth what what do you you want and the customer or the guy that's in the window he looks at me rolls his eyes and then turns his head but then five seconds later looks back at me and stares at me And I, for some reason, I have just a weird thing about people staring at me. I've, it's been this issue that I've had since I was a twink, I feel like, because my mom. This is so true. My mom. Yeah. Because my mom would stare at me and I would say, (laughs) I would say, mom, stop stop staring staring at me. And it would be at the weirdest Uh, times. I would be like eating breakfast and she would be staring at me. And and wouldn't she say something like. Brooke, I can stare at you if you want. I'm your mother and you're beautiful. (laughs) Yes, that's what she would say is she would say, listen, you're going to deal with people staring at you for the rest of your life. And never have I felt that a a statement has been so true. So true. Because it's it's honest that you do deal with people that stare at you and it's just maybe they're just gazing off in the distance and you happen to be in their gaze as they're thinking about something. But I also feel like people like to people watch. True. And it's like a thing that they do that's creepy. But it's weird if they're people watching a barista. Oh, yeah. not very discreet. Yeah, and I've become more bold about letting people know and confronting them with my eyes. I'll let them know, hey, I know that you are looking at me. Confronting them with my <laughs> eyes. Like, oh I, I know you're looking at me, so you need to cut that out or I'm going to come out there and come at you. But that's when I I think I called or texted Taylor and Shem and I said, hey, can you just come to the cafe because I feel really uncomfortable? I think they were busy and then my boyfriend at the time came instead. And then they got mad at you for not calling the cops or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then they I think I actually did call the cops, described the, the man. I did do this. Yes. I called the cops at that point, described the man to them. And then they left. It was like, honestly, it was harmless. But it is one of those instances where you just never know what this guy has been doing before coming to your establishment and staring at you. You just never know. Yeah, I guess it's better to be safe. Exactly. Yeah. Or he could be watching me to wait until I'm alone. Well, you were alone, weren't you? No, a customer was in. And they just stayed in the cafe with me for a little bit while I was waiting for my boyfriend at the time to come. And then he came and then that customer left. And then I called the cops. I am the type, especially being a true crime listener i'm the type that just likes to be more 
on the safe side. And even though it is a little dramatic at times, I'd rather just call the cops and say that I did my part. I did what I could and mm. keeping us safe. True. You know? Well, if you've learned anything from this episode, it's to stay safe. <laughs> yes, exactly. Call the cops. Exactly. Well, thanks for listening to another Real Talk with Real Sisters. We hope you enjoyed some funny stories of our many years as baristas. We'll see you guys next week on the podcast.